Obviously, doctor, you've never been a 13-year-old girl. Okay, I'll start recording. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Charlotte Steele, also known as Hot Genius 2001. Um, I am... A writer, I guess, um, based in London, um, born and raised in Manchester, um, and I've been struck down with COVID. So um, if I'm sniffing or um, I start to cough, that's the reason why. But yeah, thanks for having that. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, you I have- scared me because you've told me that it's the first episode of the new series. <laughs> yeah, so it's the I'm second scared. season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but we really have nothing to worry about. Um, it's very it's very chill. There's no structure okay. to this. Okay. So. I just know a lot of my, my growing teenage girl um, following on Instagram will... Um, definitely be tuning into this and be chomping at the bit so yeah it's funny that you mentioned that actually because the reason I like found your Instagram page was because my sister showed it to me and she's 13 what? yeah what? Really? yeah yeah and then what and then I say? nothing she was like well I was like thinking about guests right and she was like oh you should invite her on and I was like oh yeah it should be perfect and then like oh, wow. um and then well I found your Twitter and I found out that you were following me so I was like okay this, this yeah, can work we're mutuals for a while but oh my god okay it always it still shocks me it's a really weird transition um into fame no I'm joking but um yeah no I, I get honestly I get dms like every day like 10 at least like teenage girls like you're so inspirational and you know it's lovely it's lovely but I'm just not I'm just not used to it so strange to have that kind of like um like I gained I basically a picture of me on Pinterest went viral and it wasn't even a nice picture um and then I gained like 5k within like extra followers of all like teenage girls you know like the kind of girl wagga red scare like that kind of demographic and yeah, no, it's weird. It's weird. It's really weird. But yeah, no, that's that's crazy. Hi to your sister. What's your sister's name? Inga. She'll appreciate Hi, this. Inga. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Thank oh. you for propelling my career and getting me on this pod. It's funny though, because um, like the whole like girl blogger red scare thing on Instagram, I was completely unaware of this when I started the podcast. Like somehow that like completely escaped me because the when podcast. Did you start? Basically, I started like in April um, of 2021. Oh, so that's like like recent, basically. Yeah, but like, I mean, I've done a lot of episodes. When, like, compared to when like red scare started. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, I was just like, cause this podcast is like about like Tumblr culture and like girl culture and whatever. And so yeah. I thought that whole thing had okay. died in like 2015. <laughs> okay. So when I was in high school, I was 
I guess popular in high school, but you know the kind of where you're in with the crowd, but they passively kind of bully you about your kind of like not normal Instagram page and you have to just they say like, oh you're so Tumblr. These like girls in high school and you have to just be like, yeah. As if Tumblr's an adjective, like fuck off. But anyway, um I but I was I was I was in I was in with the crowd, you know, I wasn't like weird or anything. But um wait, where was I going with that? Where was I going with it? Oh yeah. So basically you know the prime time Tumblr girl blogger time on on Tumblr, um, pre Instagram girl blogger era, which is current, I guess. Um, with Ali Michael and right. you know the the classics. Um, Felice Fawn was my shows. Who? Felice Vaughn. She was like this, like she had like black hair and she was like super anorexic. Wait, I'm gonna show you a pic. Um, no one's gonna see those. But okay, I'd love to see her. You've definitely okay. seen pictures of her. Wait. Yeah. While she find it, I'll keep talking. Um. So, people, but my actual friends who weren't trying to like passively aggressively. No, I don't know her. Really? She's hot though. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So my actual friends who weren't trying to like passive aggressively like insult me and make fun of me, they were always like, damn, like it's so unlucky that you were but so I was born in 2001. Um I'm I am a 20-year-old woman girl, um, which will be the topic of this episode. Um yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I don't know why I'm like leading all of a sudden. But anyway, yeah, no. Um, so 20 going on 21. So I was born in 2001, April 22nd. And um, so that's kind of exactly 10 years after kind of Dasha or Ali Michael. So I was kind of five to 10 years out of the bracket of when Tumblr, like, was in its real prime, you know, 2012 kind of era. Um, and my friends used to say to me, you know, damn, like it's so, you would you would have blown up. Like I remember in high school, they're like, you would have blown up if you'd been just like that little bit older and had that little bit like, like if it had just been a little bit like later, the Tumblr like explosion. Yeah. yeah and and so I was always like yeah that's kind of true like I kind of I understand like I get that like and then it's so fun but I always was like well that's over now like okay you know acceptance and that I couldn't be this like tumblr girl that I wanted to be when I was like 13 um and then lo and behold, the Instagram girl bloggers came on and they've like made a renaissance. And now what my friend said has kind of come true because they are all over me, like, like mites. So, yeah. Right. So I, you're like I get one to of the, live out my dream. <laughs> yeah. And like, I have to say, you're like one of the only people on like girl blogger Instagram who's like a person, you know, like not like a meme account or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which is kind of like Sorry. funny 
Because I think, I guess, like the girl blogger accounts, which honestly, I think like, especially the original girl blogger is a complete genius. Like I like worship her, love her. Who's but, the like, original girl blogger? Um, girl blogger, like, 2008. 2008. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, shout out, girl, but I've forgotten her name, fuck, but shout out. Helena. Um, girl blogger, <laughs> Helena. Shout out, Helena. Um, yeah, no, she's great. Yeah. Some of the, see, some of the accounts, like they're just too... I don't know. They're just not for me. They're too like contrived. Um, right. I think Helena does it well. I think she's kind of one of the originals. Um, you know, like some of them are just too heavily focused on Lily Rose Depp. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, Helena's great. Yeah. So what were you going to say about like the original Instagram yeah, girl blogger? I was just going to say that it's like kind of similar to how tumblr used to function in terms of it's like you know anonymity just like posting and like reposting the same kind of images over and over again yeah like there were a couple of like original original posters or like original stars of tumblr and then they were like the people who were just like reposting the same content and sort of like getting popular and getting famous through that yeah and so like the way that the girl blogger sphere of instagram functions is very similar to that so i think it's really funny that it's like yeah like a real tumblr yeah yeah no i know it's just I guess maybe it's just go. Maybe it's going to go on forever. Like I, I don't know. It's cyclical. I guess it's cyclical. Like um, it's probably apt to bring up kind of similarly. You know, back in the same Tumblr era. Um, honestly, I've had every diagnosis um, under the sun, except I've just never had an eating disorder. So kudos to my mother, probably. Um, <laughs> that's literally the only thing I've never, um, I, I constantly have to defend myself. Um, but yeah, no, I remember. So obviously, thank God, I was really lucky. It didn't kind of trigger me or or bring about any kind of eating disorder for me personally but I do remember in that era of Tumblr of all the Thinspo and like hashtag Thinspo even when I go on Tumblr now and search my own name which I've become obsessed with doing um I'm obsessed (laughs) with searching myself on various websites um there'll be pictures of me and it'll be like hashtag Thinspo and same and I've noticed um well I think everyone's noticed on Twitter there's definitely been this past year a kind of I know I know the community never really died it just kind of went on the ground I think because I didn't see it for a few like I didn't see it for a few yeah it wasn't there yeah no and then right and then like all of a sudden on Twitter it's like I don't even follow accounts like that and somehow they're making their way onto my timeline like there was a meme made of me hang on let me like find it like so all of a sudden I'm like the face of like accounts like that I'm their profile picture I've had so many like like I've I don't know I you might you've did you see have you seen any of my like biting arguments like no I I don't I don't Okay, I do love to argue online. That's a fucking lie that I was about to tell. But um, when it comes, but that's more kind of like what I enjoy is like winding people up. 
Whereas this is more kind of so many like loved ones. Like I, I take this, I can't, I can't be irony poisoned with when it comes to the whole Thinsbo eating sort of thing. Like I can't find it in me to find it funny or find it like passable. Like I just think it's abhorrent. And so I kind of with this like my photo going viral and photos of me going viral I became my profile picture was be my picture was being used as a profile pictures for these accounts where it was like go away you know you know the type of accounts yeah. And, um yeah no and um and I so it was horrible to kind of have and when I say loved ones I mean people who are like in my like very close vicinity who have struggled for like, since childhood. So I take like I, I take this shit seriously. And I think I think a lot of people found it, well, I would assume that certain followers of mine from a certain city um, of the United States, in a certain area of a city in the United States. <laughs> Um, on the east coast of the United States. Some of my followers from that kind of crowd, I definitely think they will have like talked about it and said, oh, it's so like like, embarrassing that she's, you know, like taking it so seriously. But how can you be irony poisoned about, like, it was so sinister, like seeing your own face, like in a little circle next to, like, um, like so proud of myself, didn't eat for three days. Like, what? And then eventually what made me snap, hang on, sorry, I just need some water. No worries. Um, more. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Like, maybe we could do the red scare thing. I need to get some, like, water in a glass and, like, a yeah. lighter and <laughs> shit. I've not listened for so long, but apparently the new episode's good. Eventually, um, I had to speak out. I had to say my piece because here we go. Okay. So it was a picture of me. I'll show you, but I'll read it out for the listeners. Um, sorry, my Wi Fi is not cooperating. Um, hold on. You can cut this if, if you need to. Oh, no, it's fine. It's part of the ambience. Yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll do some like vocal fry performing <laughs> in the meantime. Go for it. <laughs> uh, why is it not? Hang on. I'll just, I'll just reboot Instagram. Sorry. Fuck. Um, so yeah. So I do love arguing online, but this like fucked me off. Like, this wasn't a joke. Like, I love to be just a menace, you know? Like, that's right. so. Fu- that's what social media is for. To- it is to trigger people. Yeah. yeah, it is. I love to be a menace. This is not fucking loading. But basically, I think I can read it from here. So it was the picture. 
and this was doing its rounds on Instagram, Pinterest. I did what the fuck? Just a quick side note: Why are teenagers, young teenagers, using Pinterest? I thought Pinterest was like <laughs> forty-year-old women used to like save pictures of their interior design for to show their like husband John later. Like I did not know that Pinterest was like the hub of like. Kate Moss, like Red Scale, like champagne, cocaine. Like, I did not know. But that just happened recently. Like, that literally just happened like, this I year. I wouldn't yeah. know. I wouldn't fucking know. So, basically, yeah, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, somewhere. It's this picture, the picture of me, and it was, let me like look really close. You barely eat. That's why you're skinny. No, I can't fucking read it. Hang on. But I had this, I, I reposted it to be like angry about it. And I had the post taken down because Instagram thought that I was like, that that was my message. And it, and it fucking wasn't. But basically, it was a picture and it was like a whisper, you know, like with yeah. the words across it. And it was like, um, my, um, it was like trying to say that someone like said to someone, so it's me smoking in the background um, in kind of an unbuttoned, like messy hair, unbuttoned blouse, very like, very like dasher core, very like what the like teens lap up. And it was like, um, quote you don't eat that's why you're so skinny end quote um no I'm just God's favorite and I was like okay okay right I was like N- right no like because, <laughs> right first of all fucking retarded second second of all um I'm very like open about this um but I have lost weight um since in the past year or two um due to first of all um just a medical condition just hormonal like I it's boring um it's not like it's just not interesting but there is that facet um where it affects my appetite but second of all I dealt with a really life-threatening drug addiction that I'm very open about um for better or for worse and people and it just and then and then I again like my loved ones like I know that one of my best friends or I'm not sure about right now but I know that she has and this is like a best friend best friend like a long time best friend she has I was aware that she had a burner twitter in the ED community and so she would see this and she would think, oh, okay, so my best friend's skinny. My best friend's perfect because these people were making these memes of me. And I had the most like fucking biting Twitter arguments where I just absolutely let loose. I was like, <laughs> it's funny. I, I can't laugh too hard because I feel so sick right now, but I, I want to spew on that. But um, I, I, um, I was like, I have a family lawyer and I and this is defamation and I like it and looking back like it is funny what I like what I was saying but 
at the end of the day, like, I don't want, like, I'm totally fine with my pictures because that's, that's social media. I'm not an idiot. I know that once the second I hit post on Instagram, let's say a picture of myself, that is public property. That is in like the, not that I've read the terms and condition, but that is in the, that is it, it's owned by Instagram, you know, like yeah. that is free for people to use. And, that, and I'm fine with that. I mean, the memes are absolutely retarded and like terrible. Like they're like, I only listen to Blink 182. I don't even know the name of the fucking band. Um, written over me like in the mirror I don't I don't even know but um it's when it's used like that like I just took that really per- like really personally and I absolutely went crazy and I just how I got onto this topic just to bring it right back it's like I just can't believe like the cyclical kind of nature of um, I can't believe it in the first place, honestly. Um, and for the record, anyone with an eating disorder, I like extend my like deepest. I, you know, I've like I said, I've seen, I've seen the effects. You can't get anything past me because of how many of my close friends have suffered. So I've seen the effects. I extend like my deepest sympathy and love to anyone suffering. But the second you use your suffering to to like encourage other people or like I like my like empathy for any of that just switches off immediately. And I'm just like, because imagine, imagine if when I was in, sorry that this is such a rant. Imagine, imagine if I, I, when I was in like the deep, dark opioid, like addiction, imagine if I'd made like a second Twitter to like try and find like other addicts and I understand the community aspect it's just that they don't use it for support they use it for like encouragement right. of yeah it's not a positive um so imagine if I like in my like worst drug addiction times imagine if I, the way I coped with my suffering was to um like make a second Twitter, put fucking Lily Rose Depp as my avi and like try and seek out other people on the brink of addiction or like, and like encourage us and be like, how many, how many like grams did you snort today? You know, like that, like that sounds so crazy. And yet that is exactly what they're doing. But I mean, that's what teens, like young teen girls do with like characters and images, right? And I think, I mean, yeah, the moment sure. you like put yourself out there online, especially like on Instagram, like Twitter is a bit different, but like, I think there's more of a, like, like there's more room on Instagram to create a character of yourself. And once you kind yeah, of do absolutely. that, people can project onto you. And I think that's kind of what's happening with like you as well, where people like see yeah. your Instagram, see the stuff you post and they're like, oh, okay, this is like a 2021 version of Effie or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like yeah, steal my that whole was personality. The that was the yeah. original meme, the Effie meme. God, before that happened, a little story that I don't think anyone knows. I got off the tube in London once and this was probably like 
this was definitely before anything had happened. Like there was no effing me in existence of me. And just the way I like to do my makeup is like, I like eyeliner. And so I got off the tube and a teenager shouted across the street, Effie, Effie Stoneham, Effie, and at me. And I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed that I would like, just got into my halls, like took my makeup off and I was like, I'm not, like I need to change my makeup. And I didn't in the end, obviously, but like, it's just, it's just funny that like, do I look like Effie? Do you think I look like Kay Scolaria? I don't. I don't. I mean, no, not really. Aside from being white with like eyeliner on, <laughs> I mean, that, long, like, dark hair. I don't know. Not really. No. No. Like it's not. It's not what like springs to mind. Um, but yeah, no. So that was. Um, that was like just funny that um I got a little taster of the of the incoming embarrassment um <laughs> being catcalled in the street for being I don't even know Effie um and it's it's funny as well because so if we're talking about girlhood obviously I I was very I, I've always been very precocious um and um I think I everything um started young for me and has ended young for me you know 20 is quite young to have kind of had a major drug like major drug addiction like so many different like traumas like gone to two different universities like you know you know like so much I feel you know people like when people ask me what I'm writing just to plug my book here which is nowhere fucking near finished um um when people ask me what I'm writing and I say a memoir you know if they're if they're not in the loop of things like if they're like I get asked in ubers a lot um kind of like if it's kind of naturally come of like what I'm doing with my degree and stuff and like what I'm doing. And I say, I'm writing a book and they say, what, like, what, what are you, is it fiction? And I'm like, no, it's a memoir. And they're like, how old are you? And I'm like 20. And they're like, <laughs> what the fuck do you have to write about? And it's crazy because so much, too much, so much that like things are going to get cut that I, I feel like, I would want included but like what, where was I going with that oh yeah girlhood. The, thing with, the thing with girlhood girlhood the thing with girlhood is so I was very precocious um so like I say I think I just started I watched inappropriate things read inappropriate things too young did like all the drug like the drug thing to like to young and I um which also includes I watched skins when I was like 10 years old I was have you seen skins like skins you yeah play? yeah I watched yeah, it when yeah, I was like 12 like, as well so yeah 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 young. yeah so I was like like I was thinking back, I thought for a long time I was more like twelve, like twelve, thirteen, and I thought I thought back properly, 
because I had a single mother, like I'm more kind of like privileged now ever, but because my mom married rich, but <laughs> but I had a single mother, so I didn't have Disney Channel, I didn't have Nickelodeon, like I had nothing. So I was watching adult TV. So I was like 10 when I'd finished Skins and like I was reading Lolita when I was like freshly 11. I was in primary school. Like I was in like year six, which for any any Americans listening is um, fifth grade. And um, yeah, like, and I wanted, obviously every, every girl has the phase. I refuse to say different. Like every girl wants to be Effie. But for me to want to be Effie at 10 is bizarre. So I look at my little brother now, he's nine. He's a fucking baby. He's a fucking baby. And so I just, I just think it's so like um, important to kind of recognize that, you know, I don't have, I don't have any resentment towards these teens. As long as it's not like eating disorder shit, I don't have any, like they, the character that they like perceive me as is totally fine. I enjoy that. And if I didn't enjoy that, I'd delete my account, you know? So it's fine and um whilst it can sometimes like drain your energy I honestly it's it's kind of taken me back um to quote-unquote girlhood this is this is for listeners this is um the, when I asked um what the premise um to talk about was it was basically girlhood um but I have no preparation, so that's why that's I'm talking cool. shit. But anyway, it's um, all anyway, improv. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's 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 improv. Um, yeah, no, I really want to be an actress. But anyway, um, no, but I think no, I think you're right though you because I do you like, think I could be an actress just before? You, do you think I could be an actress? Totally, yeah, definitely. Thank you. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, no, I was just gonna say that like I think that I also watched Skins when I was like really young and read Lolita and like I basically like I'm 21 and I feel like I've lived a whole life already like I did so much shit. Mm-hmm. and but I also mm-hmm. like I did it very deliberately. Like, I, I don't want to be, like, sitting here and being like, oh, yeah, like, Skins was, like, such a negative influence on me. Like, all this stuff. Like, like yeah, I did. I, like, it made me do things that I, I perhaps wouldn't have done yeah, had I not like, watched it so young. But also, yeah, like... It, it probably was. But, I mean... But it's better to live than to, like... You live and learn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then when you're yeah. like, 21, you already have this experience and actually can do something productive with your life. It's yeah. better than, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Than like the American model where you're like all this like sheltered like you know home buddy until you go to college oh, and then you like go insane. Hell. Yeah, so it takes no. you until you're thirties to get your shit together. I mean, it's like I don't have any regrets in my life whatsoever, except not except taking history A level over French A level. That is literally the only regret in my life, and I have done math. So I like I literally. <laughs> so like I, it's not not a regret. You know, you you have things that you wish happened differently. Yeah. Um, I would fr- I would more phrase it like that. So like um, 
like my like having to see my mother go through my addiction and the, the effects and impact was really difficult um but I don't re- I, I don't regret anything you know because yeah um so too many reasons to count you know like um I I think the only regrets a person should have is like tattoos like I I like you know big things in your life like I really do I really do trust God's plan um I'm gonna get a heap of questions now um on once again um if I'm really a Catholic um you can see right you can see right now now that I'm wearing a crucifix um but yeah no I do I do think that there I do believe that there is a there is a plan but 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 back to girlhood the whole Instagram thing and the um you know when you look back on your teenage years I I sense you know um for the audience we've we've never we've never talked before um but I sense we've had similar experiences um maybe not like to the extent of you doing math but like I feel I feel like I feel I get the sense that we're on the same page and, you know, like things like skins and stuff. And I'm very like, like you said, you know, it is technically a a negative influence, but it was fun as fuck to watch. And then it was fun as fuck to like try and recreate it in your like little like own world where you have your fucking mum's cigarettes, like when you're like 12 years old like you don't even know how to inhale but you feel so cool like that's so like it's just I don't think and I think as well even though Skins is watched by male and female I don't think it has the same effect on boys which is interesting I don't think it I think it's a very like girlhood thing I think I don't I don't think um and maybe maybe that's because of Effie. Maybe she just really had a cultural hold on us all, like holding yeah. us by the balls. But I but what I what I want to say is kind of, you know, all of these things, um, having the kind of new teenage Instagram following that I have now, um, and the messages that I get, you know, um from you know, the nicer, like the nice teenage girls, the nice ones. And I get asked for advice and stuff. And it really just, it really takes me back to what it was like to have been a teenager and what it's, what it is to be a girl. And I just think at the time, you don't, you have never, you have never, let's say you're 14, you have never been older than you are at that point. So you think you know everything and you feel really grown up. And then you look back when you're, and we will look back at this era when we're, so before we started recording, we had a quick conversation where um, I pointed out um, that, um, 
23 for example yeah 23 and like 2021 that's only like two or three years but it's so different it's so different and I think um the transition like girlhood and also the girlhood to womanhood transition is so important and I don't think you realize it at the time the real importance of it I don't think you see the weight of that and um having this having like teenage girls like come to me and like flock to me and like seeing their kind of like almost mirrored kind of teenage life to what I had or their yearnings or seemingly wanting to have this like cool like what they perceive as glamorous like teenage life that I had which I I'm so I'm so grateful for the for the experiences that I had even though some of them were like so fucking awful um but, no, but you're right to be grateful for them because it's better to like have lived and had horrible experiences absolutely. than to like sit absolutely. in your room and do nothing. Like honestly, yeah. it's better to do drugs and like fuck up than it is to like just like you know just expect your life to begin when you're one older million, because it never will. No, 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 no. Like I, I see like I see people from high school who never went down that I I split off onto kind of the party route um and the people who didn't they're all like gaining fucking weight like they're all like domestic like some of them have like bought houses they're all like gaining weight like living like wine mothers who are 40 years old like and it's just boring, you know. Your life will your life will never begin. I don't know. Maybe I'm being judgmental, but I no. I, you're being. You're right. No, I totally believe that. And that's like because one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about was the movie Thirteen that came out yeah, in two thousand three. I mean, everyone knows what movie I'm talking about. And I mean. I it's so funny though because my life really big did begin when I was 13 but I had but I didn't see the movie until I was like 15 16 yeah no I didn't see that I my life was was 13 the movie um and then I didn't see it until I was even older than that I think I was like 17 18 when I watched that film and I was yeah. like, oh my God. I was like watching it thinking, these girls are fucking 13. But then I was like, oh my God, I was I was the same. I was the yeah. same. Yeah. No, totally. No, it's the same. I like, it's so like, I I don't know what it was. There, there is something about turning 13 when you're a girl. Like, yeah. um, I was in, living in Germany at the time. And like 13 is the age of consent in that county where I live. What? Yeah, in Germany, it's crazy. It is. Yeah, oh my god! And that was like a okay. huge thing, you know. Like I remember when I turned thirteen, and like I got like condoms for my birthday from my friends. Like it was like it was oh like a thing. Oh my god! And um, and that's when like you know all the parties started and whatever. Not that I went that yeah, to that too. many parties when I was thirteen, but like that's when everything started for me. And then like watching the movie later, I was like, wow, like it really there is some sort of like shift when you're a girl mm-hmm. that your life 
like you there's really like two paths you can take either you can like live a life when you're a teenager or you can wait until you're older and then you like will never live at all yeah is- you have the expectation that things will get crazy like as an ad- as like a adolescent adult and then they just don't I've seen that happen to many people yeah um but 13 I really honestly it's just it's so it's so crazy I I I don't even know what to say about it honestly like I it's one of my favorite movies um and it's so good it's so good um I just think like I don't know I don't know what to say about it like that was my life like and I I treasure I think I treasure that film because of that honestly yeah like I I I mean also the way it depicts like close female friendship I think is the most accurate depiction of like ever put on film I was going I was going to bring up Girls by Lena Dunham um and how me and my friends I've always had older friends um not like significantly just maybe like three years four years older that's kind of how I got in, into like I was like prematurely like partying when I was younger um but I recognize now like suddenly like I always enjoyed it I watched girls when I was like 17 I always enjoyed it but now that I'm 20 turning 21 me and my friends who are like between the ages of like 20 and like 25 we're all like, oh my god, Lena Dunham is a fucking genius. She She's is like a, a vile genius. Um, and like <laughs> I can't believe how accurate that show is to kind of your 20s and the absolute just mayhem and sense of disorientation that you feel is that a word? If it, that you feel yeah. um when you're kind of lingering in this like well I still need money for my parents and I still kind of need like emotional support from my parents and I still feel like a teenager but I have gas bills you know like yeah. and I have to I have to shop and cook like what like it's it's just so and the and the the reality of kind of like going like actually you know when you're a teenager you think oh my god like I'm gonna go to uni I'm gonna have like a flat in London this is me and now I do and I'm like what happens next you know I never thought about what happens afterwards yeah I mean you never do it's crazy I mean when I lived in London um like like we had like my roommate and I, we like rented this like crazy apartment. It was like, it was technically a penthouse and we got like, we got it for such a good price. And we're like, oh my yeah. God, what's wrong with this apartment? We, like it must we, be haunted. Like, yeah, no. And we found, out that we, have, we found out that we have no bathroom floor underneath fake tiles. That's what's wrong with us. We have no oh. bathroom floor. It's cardboard. So if oh my me God. and my flatmate were fat, we'd probably go through. Oh my like god! It's just, it can't be cheap. 
But anyway, yeah. <laughs> the thing that was wrong with ours was that um, there was no heating. So like in the winter, we were just freezing. Yeah, no, we do <laughs> technically have heating, but it's shit. So um, yeah, yeah I, I, my flatmate likes to lay low, but if you're listening, shout out to our fucking junky ass flat. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way like the the renting experience is in london though that's just well, it's, that's yeah just it. well, it's central and it's a nice flat so yeah, that's all that matters honestly it just yeah. has to look glamorous who else cares but um exactly no but you don't I have a but you don't nice rug hr h collection i have a fucking nice rug and a fucking nice mirror so you know fuck off but yeah no um yeah it's it's in it is a really nice flat um but yeah, no, it's uh has no bathroom for support. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, go you on about, about being in London. But you like don't think about things like that when you're um a teenager. No, like the thing about me in London though is because well, like I I'm European, whatever that means. <laughs> like yeah. I, I was you're born in real, state. Yeah, no, just to make it clear to the listeners, like I um of Russian descent, but you're a real European. Go ahead. Yeah, like you're a real, real European. European. Yeah, My yeah, dad yeah. is like Russian, Russian, like has a Russian passport. That's so that's how cool, cool. I am. <laughs> I don't have a Russian passport. Um I mean neither do I, but so he does. You're, so so you're him. so you're like Estonian and like yeah. grew up in Germany. Like you're European. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm just a fucking English bitch with like loose like I'm like clawing onto my granddad's Russianness like with every like shred <laughs> the being English is cool though like when I was when I lived in Germany like when I was a kid like you know being from like England or like America being from like an English speaking country was like what we all wanted to be you know like god I know it's sad it's I mean grim, the, but... the, literally the only good thing about England is the humor and the music culture that's like it everything else is like sad so sad no I mean yeah no the UK is really sad like London is really sad I can't wait to move back but like, when are you moving back let's hang out um well I'm coming to London in February we should hang out um yeah we will but I'm then. waiting for my boyfriend to finish uni so like um June oh, I've been having like insane like crying meltdowns about being single recently is really fucking weird but anyway yeah go on I was single for so long and then I started dating like an old friend like we were friends for four years and then we started dating so <laughs> shout out wow I, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I, move on next fucking topic god um, no, I was going to talk about my throat on air <laughs> Talk about how when I like when I was in high school, um, and you know I was like prepping for uni and stuff, and then I moved to London for uni with my best friend. Um, Okay, that's good. You had a little support. Yeah, we were. You went all on you. I mean, yeah, but that's kind of like part of the story though, because like, okay, this is completely like this is like a tangent, but all throughout my life, I've had these like really close female friendships that were like semi-lesbian, like very 13. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they never quite went anywhere, but like it it was weird. Like it was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is the air of it. 
Yeah. Just which I think the vibe. Which really I think like 13 is like the only movie that got it right. But like anyway, so yeah, we moved to London together. We were gonna live together. Um and then we got scammed with this apartment. So we both ended okay. up in dorms. Oh, <laughs> we, like, stole- yeah, yeah, we were yeah, gonna like no. rent an apartment and then we got scammed and so we got like a bunch of money stolen back, from us. Back and when I was to- at King's, um like so I went to King's and now I won't say which uni I go to now because I don't want to get started, but it's pretty easy to figure it out. Um but I um it's still in London. Um but I lived in King's dorms um and I um made a funny comment the other day where I realized like I said it's like living in student halls feels like overstaying your welcome at a premiere in <laughs> do you think that's like so accurate that's true yeah yeah and for like American what would you say like for Americans to know what a premiere in is it's not a motel but it's like a really shit hotel yeah, it's, it's like a like, very dingy hotel it's like very what, do they have holiday in do they have holiday in i swear they do they probably do they must whatever i don't give a fuck americans can fuck off anyway <laughs> um unless you're like not from never mind um and so uh, <laughs> um but yeah no so yeah go go girl lesbian 13 go on Yes, we got scammed with our apartment and then we had to live in dorms. And I mean, I have very, I have a lot of fond memories of like doing laundry at like three in the morning, coming off something and like seeing rats. Like, yeah, yeah, this this is the experience. Yeah. (laughs) And we had um, infestation. I remember like I was doing laundry. It was literally three in the morning and there was a rat and I screamed and this like maintenance guy came out and he was like, why are you screaming? And I was like, there there was a rat. And he's like, okay. the amount of times the fucking night maintenance guy, because they always have like one guy just on at night. Um, yeah. And I feel like I'm getting progressively more Mancunian throughout this. And he's like, <laughs> um, they always have one guy on at night. And the amount of times, because of drugs, I called an ambulance on myself. And this fucking poor guy had to always let paramedics in at night because like I was ha- like having a meltdown or whatever by the way how much time do we have left um we still have time like we still have like an hour <laughs> you have an hour yeah <laughs> holy fuck okay okay I was just um, checking because I have more to talk about but I'm gonna um, need a break yeah no worries um I was this is also, I mean, I've never, you know, I've never called an ambulance myself, but I did almost get kicked out for smoking weed in my dorm once. <laughs> um, I know, so lame. Um, you not put a sock on your um I did, your... I did. It was the smell. <laughs> oh. It was really lame. And like I don't even like I don't even like weed. It was literally just like a one like a one-time thing. <laughs> I used this, to I used to not I've kind of gotten into it recently, but we don't talk about weed because I've just had a a very shameful scandal about rolling a bad joint. So Oh oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't judge you. Listen, I can't rule for shit. It's okay. No, no. I right. Here's the thing. I'm a fucking champagne socialist. I smoke marble golds. I always have. I've never rolled a cigarette in my life. I don't like roll roll cigarettes. And I've always had boys or my friends roll roll splits for me. 
Yeah. Why would I have to know? Why would I, why would someone like me have to know how to roll? Why would a girl who looks like, do you like, do I come across (laughs) like someone you would expect to know how to roll? No. Girls should know how to roll a joint. (laughs) And frankly, I would be offended if someone was like, you're like someone who knows how to roll. I'd be like, okay, you just call me ugly. (laughs) I, fun fact, I didn't know how to light a cigarette until I was literally 20. (laughs) Like I was, like I always had guys do it for me. Like I'm, like I'm not like. Light one. Yeah, like I don't How do you like know how? I used to like never smoke alone, but only smoke at parties. And so guys would always do it for me at parties. And then I like just didn't like what part did you have problems with? Like lighting, like a lighter. I don't know how to use a lighter. Well now I do. Oh I do. my god. <laughs> but I didn't know how to use a lighter until I was 20. So it's kind of I mean it's What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's like <laughs> I don't even know, like, that's just, like, that's just, like, um, whatever. Okay, sure. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know what was wrong with me. Um, I can use one now, though, but. Well um, done. Yeah. <laughs> Good for me. Yeah. But, um, London, moving to London, going to uni. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, that, like, I mean, I, like, despite, like, having like I don't know when I was in high school like drugs just like weren't part of the scene at all like sure there was Not weed but like me neither really it was it was more um so high school in the UK like what they call high school is up to 16 and then they yeah. call college up to 18 and I had to drop out because I had a psychotic break so I was there till 19 because I had to redo it um and then we call uni uni not call it like it so it's different yeah it kind of the scene like the real drug scene started as soon as we left high school so at like 16 where it was like a ma- a major thing and I tried my first like class a and like you know it yeah. like became a real like but I was always like before in high school I was kind of privately privately a smoker privately kind of like drinking in my bedroom alone and like feeling kind of like I was like the coolest like fucking coolest bitch in like Manchester and it's just actually just like really fucking embarrassing but anyway um but you do feel like that when you're that age (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. I I was a binge drinker all throughout like until I hate like, drinking. I do now too. I'm, but I'm I used to love it. I'm a hate. I hate drinking. I honestly. used to. I had like a super high alcohol tolerance. So I, like I would like out drink all the guys in my friend group and whatever. And then like um, so when I say high school, I mean like literally high school, like ninth to like twelfth grade. And like drugs yeah. just, like, weren't part of the scene because it was like international schools and like you know like language barriers. Like no one really knew where mm-hmm. to get it. Um, that so we would just, be like, so frustrating. Yeah. Like, that <laughs> like, just I sounds like, like my hell. <laughs> I, like, try to, like, desperately, like, desperately try to, like, find Adderall or whatever when I was studying for exams in 12th grade. And, like, no one knew where to get it. And I was, like, this See, is... my special skill is wherever I am. Um, and I don't know if... She probably will never hear this. So I... 
like I have like a minor kind of like drug support relationship with Jemima Kirk from Girls, um, which is just like a funny like cool like oh, wow. thing. She really helped me. No, yeah, she really helped me with my addiction. She, she's honestly. Um, I would just like to take this moment, like she, she would, ne- she, she won't hear this, but for just for like people, she is honestly like one of the most like amazing women I have ever come into contact with. Like incredible, like so selfless. Um, got me into her NA. Like she straight away, she was like, "You can come to NA with me." Like just an ama- an amazing, honest woman who is just like who I want to be when I grow up like amazing mother just just absolutely like she probably like she could have saved my life potentially I don't know like honestly she's just amazing but yeah no she she once said um um and I was like oh my god me too that wherever she is she like has this like skill of like being able even though she doesn't she's sober now just for the record like I don't want to like create any like rumors or fuck her over or anything because she's like amazing and I, I love her but um and she did design me a tattoo which I still need to get Ooh. um yeah I know yeah. um I know I know she's amazing she really is like truly amazing um but um but yeah no like the ability to acquire drugs wherever you are in the world like you just find someone you find a way and I was like oh my god me too like if I if I want drugs I am going to get those drugs and I think that's what got me into trouble eventually you know eventually when because I was using with my friends and they'd like bring it and they'd get it and bring it and whatever and it was at parties but then when I like went solo that was the real issue because it didn't matter where I was or what I was doing or if I had no money I would find a fucking way to get those drugs so so yeah no your high school experience does like hell to me yeah no it is a it is an odd thing but I think I saw a TikTok or something um I'm not a TikTok user, but I saw something on Twitter or something. And um, it was like, have you ever um, met a crack dealer who couldn't get a hold of crack? Um, <laughs> and then, and, but then it was like, and that's how you should be about your dreams. But like, actually, like, have you ever met a crack dealer who, but like, where'd they get the money from? Do you know what I mean? Think about it. Like when yeah, when drug addicts want drugs, they're gonna get them fucking drugs. But I I didn't try class A drugs until I was nineteen. Like until I moved to London. Like it was just like not in my life at all. That's probably a good thing. I mean, definitely, like a hundred percent. Because I've had, if I had done them before, I'd like not be here right now. Whatever that means, like just like because for like I'm barely here. I'm very lucky. Statistic, like statistically, I should be dead. Like I'm true, truly like less than one percent. Like. It's yeah. actually like a medical... I've been in hospital multiple times where they've said you are a medical miracle. We have no idea how your heart is still beating. And I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> so but, how did um, you get sober? Um, 
so I got put into rehab um and yeah it was it was Xanax um and I was taking eight to ten bars a day um I spent my whole I spent my whole inheritance on a thousand Xanax um I probably shouldn't this is really illegal so if the police are listening this is a lie um but before I moved to London in 2020 um my friend had just passed which I'll talk about later and I was I said I was already due to move for Kings but I was essentially running away um and because of what had happened I was not ready to go in a healthy manner but I was running away and so I spent my whole inheritance from my from my deceased grandparents um on a thousand Xanax bars and something like 20 grams of coke and and trafficked <laughs> it down yeah from Manchester to London because it's cheaper in Manchester and I had my inheritance and I believe the whole this is so weird. So I won't like name a number, but it was thousands, um, like thousands of pounds. And um, little did I know it would, the Xanax was fentanyl. So I was actually on fentanyl. Um, and uh. so eventually there was many kind of, incidents and I would come home and whatever but eventually got to the point where I came home in April and I just didn't go back and my mum put me my parents put me in rehab um I was outpatient um but it was the like worst time of my life um withdrawals from benzos and opioids have been known to be worse than heroin withdrawals. Um, honestly, it's like horrendous. Um, and yeah, so they medically weaned me down so that I was no longer reliant because if I stopped, if you're on that higher dose of um, benzos or opioids and you just stop, um, you'll probably go into cardiac arrest. So... Yeah. Um, I had to be monitored. Um, I started off with like hallucinations. Like I was sweating. I was trying to tell everyone on Instagram that my mom was trying to kill me. Um, it was really bad. Um, and then I just stayed home for the summer. And then once I was sober, I was like, okay, everything has to change. So I moved unis still in London, but I moved unis. I just literally called my new uni up and was like, um, um, and I was, <laughs> and I was like, um, I got in last year. Um, can I have a place this year, please? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh. Um, and so yeah, so I did that, and it was a very split decision, but the best decision I ever made. Um, and I am no longer like teetotal sober. I was you know, through that period because it was important to not, to just separate that completely. Yeah. Um, and now I don't, I, I cannot go back to, like, that's that's my kind of Achilles heel, whatever. Like, I cannot go back to benzos or opioids or anything like that. But, you know, things like 
like party drugs I still dabble I've since I've moved back to London I've kind of allowed myself and I'm I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to find this is the thing and this is another girlhood thing where I've had an addiction and I'm now trying and then I've I've become sober and then now in my post addiction post sobriety kind of life I'm trying to find the balance and find what's right for me and find and figure out if I can use at all without becoming like ill or if I have to like stop completely um so I'm still definitely in that process um but yeah no no benzos no like I'm still going strong um but yeah no that was the really difficult part of my life um and is essentially what my book will be about um which is a good segue onto um a, a girlhood thing but I like I need a wee and I want a cigarette so can, yeah. can I like have yeah. like a five minute break and but, yeah let's take a I'm break gonna, yeah but what I'm gonna say is is like because of the running away thing is like what I felt was my girlhood to womanhood transition which was like my friends passing um which will be quite brief but like what effect that had on like what I thought of female friend female friendships so yeah I'll like I'll dip let's for take a, a short break back. okay I'll see you in a bit welcome back <laughs> Sorry, it's my mom. Hi. Um, um, no, I got held up by my well, parents too. I don't know if you heard, but I came in to the room three times and forgot. So I've got a wheat bag for my soul to me. Um, I forgot my drink and then I realized I'd left my cigarettes on the like I've come into this room so many times to come. Oh, back I didn't to you. hear it. <laughs> so it's but okay. Yeah, that's why it took so long. Okay. No worries. Um where were we at? Oh yeah, you started talking gonna, about your friend. Yeah. So, the reason are we back? Record? Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I feel like there was an element of me running away, and something that I think is really important for me to mention in terms of on the topic of girlhood, um, for my experience and bringing in. Um, something very important to it, which is female friendships, um, is the passing of my one of my best friends in June 2020. Um, I'm pretty sure anyone listening on my behalf will already know um, she died by suicide. Um, coolest girl ever to ever live. Um, and... Um, the thing I said, the thing I say most about, like, I won't do a whole like eulogy here, but the thing I say most about her is anyone who like didn't know her. I feel so bad for, like, I feel so bad for them. I feel bad for like people who didn't get to meet her. Um, but yeah, so it was really, really close to my house, and um, I think that was that really propelled my drug addiction from 
recreational but a bit too much into so I was in the we were 19 into um a reliance and, and a and a coping mechanism um so yeah one very abrupt one day um just woke up everyone thought it was me because everyone knew because my house was kind of the party house when I was a teenager so everyone knew where I lived and because it, 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 the bridge is so close to my house, um, I woke up to so many messages, people I didn't even know, people I hadn't spoke to in years saying, are you, are you okay? It, because a news article had come out, but it hadn't, who it was, wasn't on there and it hadn't like it wasn't released outside of my friend group yet, like our friend group. And so um, basically I woke up and then quite quickly found out who it was. And the reason female friendships comes into it so much is there was a very petty argument that's very like silly the night before, um, when she decided to end her life and I there had been kind of friendship struggles that were very girlhood I would say in the girlhood category rather than the womanhood category and I I was the only one really out of my friend group who was still known to be in contact with her and so that night, um, not really, I, I was, I, when I, when I knew, I knew this would come up, I, you know, I said to you, I knew this, this was an, an important part for me and would come up. Um, and I didn't know whether I was going to talk about this specific element, but you know, that I had actually spoken to her the night before because some, even some of my friends don't know that, but. I didn't understand the gravity of the situation because I wasn't aware of the gravity of the situation. I wasn't aware of what was where she was. I wasn't aware of anything. And so whilst this argument was going on, I was kind of talking to her and not taking sides. And so that was the last time we ever spoke. And I didn't, I didn't kind of comfort her or say this is a silly argument you know I was just kind of like passive in it and I didn't help her and I like I said earlier I don't I don't have regrets and I think um I will I won't share you know I'm not going to share her like dirty laundry and stuff but you know there was so many facets of what of why what happened happened um but more what I'm trying to say is that the second I got that text um I received it in text form um just simply that Kelly'd killed herself um the second I got that text it was like the end of my teenage years the end of being a girl and I was a woman and I had lost not just my friend but 
what I, what the things I, you know, the way of life that I knew, um, because never again would I, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that I, it wasn't that argument that maybe it was the final straw, but it was definitely not, you know, her, her troubles. It, it was not the argument that was like the sort, you know, the sole reasoning um, for what happened, but I would do that differently, obviously. Um, and whether it would have done it, you know, you, you it probably wouldn't have done anything. But for my peace of mind, which may be selfish, but for my own peace of mind, at least I would have known that I had comforted her the last time we spoke, whereas I didn't really. I was just kind of like, yeah, Um, get a drink. Ew, I just made the grossest noise. And so um, I was very respecting of her decision. You know, I... She chose to do that. Um, and but what that did for me and why it basically, I think, opened up a big avenue of havoc that also a great film called Havoc. Um, that's about like girlhood and yeah. drugs and yeah. Um, but it opened up and I definitely, I've still not dealt with this. I've, I've just started now, I think, to become more self-aware about that whole event and how I need to deal with it properly because all I did, imme- immediately what I did after I'd kind of told my mom and kind of lay outside on the floor, like trying not to vomit for a few minutes, was go upstairs and take like five Xanax. And that was my, because I just could, I didn't, I couldn't cope. I couldn't cope with the kind of, because she was on the, you know, the drug scene as well. Like we were all, we were all doing it. We were, our friend group, it was our friend group. It was a party. We were partiers essentially. And I suddenly, the gravity hit me when it was too late. And I didn't like that it was, you know, I, I resisted that it was too late. Um, the gravity of my actions, which seemed so glamorous and cool and fun at the time, had ended up becoming like a, a terrible tragedy um, or a, a contributor, you know, like drug use and all of that, a contributor to a, a terrible tragedy that kind of our friend group was so strong, um, you know, group like group chats and stuff, like group chats um, when we were like 17 to 19 and through no one's fault, you know, just after that, everyone kind of split off and I'm, and I'm still friends. I'm still friends with everyone, but we don't, we're not a group because some, it was just, it happened very organically and naturally. There was no ever, ever like thing where it's like, someone was like, I can't do this. You know, it, there's a, there's a tangible gap. It just gradually, I went to London. I probably should have deferred. Um, and dealt with it but I did not because 
I couldn't stand to live next door to this crime scene. Um, and I, I attribute, so that's why I attribute firstly becoming a woman and, and, re- and realizing the gravity of situations rather than being a girl who is gallivanting around you know gallivanting with no kind of feeling invincible feeling like you know everything is about how glamorous can it get how how can I like have as much fun as possible it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter the consequences it doesn't matter anything like that and I think whilst I didn't deal I definitely dealt with it you know just turning to drugs and running away from the problem was definitely a childlike response in my mind I was definitely that was that was a very clean break in my teenage years and it was never that it was it's never been the same you know it's never been the same again like I say we've kind of parted ways and um and it made me feel differently about my female friendships that I've always been a very, I'm, I'm, I'm a Taurus, I'm a very protective person, um, but I have become very protective. Um, I, do ha- I do have PTSD from um, what happened. So when, you know, if someone isn't replying or, you know, I, I can get, like, get, like, I'll be like, okay, yeah. they're dead. Um, but, I, th- I just th- thought, I think it was important for me to mention, even though it's kind of, I, I, for the, for the listeners, I basically, um, I was d- DMing you last night or whenever it was saying, I don't want to, you know, lower the mood so much that it's just like irreparable because, you know, it's been a long time now and I'm definitely comfortable speaking about it. Um, that's not to say that I don't, I so for example we watch Euphoria together that was our thing and season two has just come out and I put on the episode I didn't I was like I can't I don't want to watch it but I ended up stupidly putting on season two the first episode last night that's just dropped and I had a huge panic attack huge huge panic attack and just oh my god like uh, had to switch it off and so so I'm still so it's not to say you know I'm I'm not over this by any means maybe I never will be I don't know but my now the way I view female female friendships also I think I think just I think th- I do think just also naturally and like for example, you know, I mentioned Girls, the TV show, you know, through watching that and yeah. just, just aging and just you, you do, you do through age, just realize how important your girlfriends are. And I think that comes with wom- like womanhood and the transition into that. And that's, and our age is a very confusing age because are we a girl or are we a woman is the, is the like Something in between. Question. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I, um, I just definitely, what I took from that was, you know, don't fuck around basically. And if I could like, 
you know, any, if I, if I could like, if I was doing a fucking TED talk, you know, on like my like (laughs) tragedy that happened to me is I would say, you know, nothing is ever guaranteed to be not a serious situation. And there are always, there are always consequences and it sounds so boring. And I think that is the issue with why girlhood is so kind of self-involved and that's not that's not putting anyone down that's not to say I was like a selfish person like that that is like me like that I was like oh that anyone's selfish I just think all of the kinds kind of aesthetic um oriented kind of girl blogging it kind of kind of comes into that is very self-absorbed in a way and that is not an insult whatsoever because it is I think it's just natural and I don't care like I said I've I've said it earlier on I was always very precocious too precocious hence why I've gotten so much shit in my life in only 20 years but it doesn't matter how what I've learned in the past couple of years is it doesn't matter how precocious you are. It doesn't matter how mature you are. You are still always the age that you are. And you are still always impressed. If you are a girl and you are like 16, let's say you just, it doesn't matter how, like what you've been through. It doesn't matter. You know, I, the part of the reason I grew up fast was like early like early trauma and stuff I I hate I hate how um just a quick side note Twitter has really um on my notifications take my pills um my little shaky bottle so everyone knows when I when the bipolar chick is coming with all the rattling of the bottles um I hate how um Twitter has kind of turned the word trauma into such like a weak like overused word right. because I always feel like a cunt saying it whereas like some really fucked shit happened like happened like in my early life which I am I've I think it's the honestly you know I'm an oversharer massively on social media and I think it's the only thing I've not spoke about and that's the one of the only one of two things that I think will be in my book that no that no one's heard before but um, I think that's the reason why I was so precocious. But basically, without I'm rambling now, so to sum it up is, I think you. It's not anyone. It's not. It's not a bad. Th- you know, it's not a bad thing. I don't think it's something anyone has to apologize for. Right. I don't. You know, I don't. Bl- I don't blame myself or any of my friends who had like fallen out with Cat, you know, you know, fallen out with Callie because fallouts happen all the time, especially when you're a teenager and everything's petty and everything's, you know, like, um, you don't think like about a, things like that when it's happening, right? Yeah. Like, you, there's no consequence when you're a teenage girl, there's no consequences. Everything's just like, I'll deal with that later or everything. You're, you're very like self-involved and, um, not as a personal personality trait. I just think it's like a across the board. I think like yeah. if you think about Instagram, for example, and what we've talked about, you know, like even my my page now, 
it's very, very self-involved. It's very narcissistic. Naturally, by nature, like by nature, social media is is an act of narcissism. That's right, like it feeds off it your is. narcissism. Yeah, totally. It, it like it's like I kind of, for example, I kind of use mine as a joke, like a self-parody thing. But even still, it's still total like um, me wanting to like perform and show off online, and like yeah, I think I think that's fine and and it's fun. But what happened, I think the separation was that I, in conclusion, realized when um, my very beloved, gorgeous friend passed away was that that can be that, you know, like you're like the side of your life where you kind of like... um, have your bitching and you gossip and you and your like social media and all of that but to be a woman is to and it, oh god what I was gonna say then is so gay but it's <laughs> and again another word that twitter has ruined and this is like fame people so many people have said this but I'll just repeat it that like feminist you know to be a feminist has been ruined by Twitter I can't bring myself to yeah I can't bring myself to identify as a feminist and I'll say I say that without you know like worry of backlash I don't give a shit because it's been so demolished like the the key the key thing about feminism is your girlfriends and like your mother and like are everything to you like like that's that it's every it's everything it's it's your world it's like we are like we truly have to sit together and but that doesn't mean that you have to be nice to everyone or or not call people out like you know just because they're a a woman you know you know like it's I mean it's not a political thing ultimately yeah yeah I think that's the problem I think um it's been it's become politicized by people who i think i think twitter has definitely put the wrong idea about feminism into young people's minds which like young girls minds which i find very sad um because there's so much to be derived from it i think i think i think my like main um statement on girlhood and and this uh, for this entire podcast would be there is so much um to be derived from your the plight of womanhood and like your your fellow like your girlfriends and and when you start to you know as I've as I've because like come out of my teenage years and I start to see my own mother as a woman not just as my mother and like the things that she's gone through as as a woman, um, and I just hate the fact that me saying that now makes me feel like I'm like awoke, like <laughs> fucking like yeah, like like I'm like woke, like you know, women like men are bad, women have to. Stick together. I really sound like Jennifer Coolidge then, but um, I like I I just think like 
Yeah. You know, when you're a woman, but like when you're a woman or when you're a girl, like other women and other girls are all you have really. And like your experience can never be replicated, but also you can see parts of yourself and other women and other girls. So it's like, I mean, ultimately I think, I mean, feminist is like a feminism is like a political movement, whatever it's completely, I mean, it's been ruined and it means nothing now, but I think. I wish women never had to work. I don't, (laughs) I, I wish like, honestly, I wish like, I like, who fought for women to work? Was that the suffragettes? Yeah, <laughs> fuck the suffragettes. <laughs> no, I, I like I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking to an like to an extent, but I. No, but you're right. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, like I want to. Like, I remember this really stuck in my head for some reason. Like I said, I don't listen to Red Scare anymore. It really was like when I was eighteen, like helped me through, like navigating my kind of world as a as a like young woman like Anna and Dasha like I would even say like it's embarrassing it's kind of feels embarrassing to say because of kind of the fan base that they have I think is the reason why it's probably feels embarrassing but they really like I it really helped me navigate as it you know as uh, going into into womanhood um what my kind of views were and what and just just I don't know whatever um and I really remember something really sticks in my head I was in the toilets the school toilets listening to Red Scare and Anna said something like I never want to work I want to be barefoot and pregnant in a like house with my husband and I thought oh my god that is like exactly what I want and it shocked me because before that when I was in my younger years you know I feel like that's the kind of thing you get in trouble for saying you know and it was amazing it was amazing to me that someone had come out and said that and I was like so do I and then shouldn't if if we're if we're talking feminism, shouldn't everyone's views be respected if we're talking about equality? Well, right, but I mean feminism has come to like mean a very particular thing in the political mm-hmm. slash like cultural, whatever. No, it's um, be- what feminism thing. has become is become become a CEO or you're like or you're nothing. Yeah, you're a betrayal yeah. to women if you don't become a girl boss and f- fucking sit and we work. And like, do your CEOing or be an entrepreneur or like whatever. Like, right, but you... it's like a denial of womanhood, though, or like a denial of girlhood yeah. and your like feminine experiences. So yeah. I think, in a way, like what you're saying about women sticking together is really kind of like it's a very anti-feminist statement at this yeah. point. Yeah, where I, it's which like is crazy, don't you think? Yeah. Because Definitely. that should be the forefront of, femi- of feminism, no? Like that should that should be the that should be the core manifesto that we we are we have um kind of God-given natural fundamental similarities and shared experiences, and therefore we can like work as a team <laughs> I don't know how to like rephrase no, that but it should that should definitely. be the like the, that should be the 
the main thing and yet somehow it's been it's been spun into like do you remember um when um how do you pronounce the name is it Kamala Kamala Harris Kamala is it Kamala? Harris, I think. Kamala? I don't, I don't Kamala. know. I, don't, I think it's Kamala. I'm just going to say I don't give a shit. Um, but, yeah, no, when she was... We did it, Joe. Remember that, like, Xanax adult yeah. video where she was like, we did it, Joe. And as an adult <laughs> at the time, I was like, oh, my God, she's, like, so fucking fried. Um, but, yeah, no, Mindy um, Carling um, tweeted... <laughs> something like my daughter right now is watching like the election like win on tv and and she said mommy she looks just like us and I like burst into tears and I just thought like Ugh. like actual just like first of all stop saying that your kids have said things that they haven't um but like se- but second but second of all like it's become like a a very ironically dick measuring competition you know, like how men, like men, like it's become very masculine, I think. Um, like it's become like a, a, a dick, a dick, I can't, I can't think of the phrase. It's, it's dick me- measuring competition, the phrase where it's yeah. like, who, who, yeah, who has the bigger cock? It's like, that's what, that's what feminism has become. It's like, who is the biggest CEO? Can you run for president? And like, why should that, why is that? relevant why is that relevant i mean it's, it's almost, not it's but anti, like it feels anti-feminist to put um expectations on women to me that feels anti-feminist that feels like anti-women that feels like pressure that feels pressurizing to me it's like career rape it is no it is a hundred percent and that like goes against all of those like like if we're talking about movies like 13 or whatever or like the experience of girlhood in your teenage years like how can you live through something like that and then go on and like you know like conquer the world uh, yeah exactly like you can't and then you have nothing to pass on from those experiences like you're just supposed to sort of like ignore that they've ever existed yeah and and wear like a fucking pantsuit and like act like you're like really like high-powered put-together person like what a waste of um experience like you just said like what a waste of like a story you could tell or a way you could shape your life in the way that girlhood like shapes you you're just eradicating that so that you can be a good feminist it's bullshit yeah exactly and then like then basically No, you're right. Because that goes back to like what we were talking about in the beginning, like those people who waited so long for their lives to begin that they completely ignored their teenage Mm -hmm. years, thinking that their life was going to begin like when they're like in their 20s and then it just never does. Like, I guess the aim is that you're supposed to become one of those people, but then that's not how, that's not what life is about ultimately. Yeah, no, it's not, it's, it's. It's it's a it's a sad state of affairs. I think I think the way um, mainstream feminism has like grown into like another thing I find funny is um, Emily Ratajkowski being like like oh I, like I hate having big boobs 
Whereas, like, having big boobs is fucking amazing. I, like, honestly, it's mine came in at 16, never looked fucking back. Like, honestly, like, I just don't, I, I ugh, whatever, whatever. Me, like, and I, I, I do think I am more traditional probably than the average person, but I think what we're saying is totally, like, logistical. No, it's totally true. And to like bring it back to 13, right? It's like ultimately like it's a movie about like yeah, it's a movie about being a teenage girl, but it's also a movie about like the mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. Well, right. And it's like yeah. how your own like it's kind of hinted at that her mom had had a like a really sort of troubled Shit past yeah yeah exactly and like a, a very difficult upbringing like growing up with a mother and stuff and it's like and, and the- also the fact to notice that I think it goes kind of unseen because you're so focused on Evie and um what's her name Tracy Tracy oh. <laughs> um Evie, you're so focused on the storyline Evie, Evie and Tracy that you kind of I think until you've watched it a few times, you miss um, Mel, the mum. Is that right, Mel? Yeah, I think that's right. Stinks in here, Mel. When she go, when she's like <laughs> yeah. getting kicked out, she's like fucking reeks in here. Um, yeah, no, Mel's kind of always in the background, hysterically and maniacally trying to work to provide for her children, and I think that whilst it's a, a film for representation of girlhood there's a background that I think is interesting and goes unseen like you said of a portrayal of womanhood in the in the kind of behind that portrayal of girlhood almost like a mirror of what it will lead to you know um I don't doubt like you said that Mel the mother had a troubled upbringing like what is portrayed of Tracy um, and then it shows her kind of her experience, like uh, what her experiences have led to, where she's made something meaningful out of it and become a mother. Um, and despite Tracy and Evie, you know, she tries to help Evie, even though Evie kind of turns out to be. Well, I don't think I. I don't. I don't. I'm not an Evie like anti Evie because I think you know even, even though what happens in the end she's so troubled um Nikki Reed like you know Nikki Reed like wrote that like when she yeah. it was like based on her like like I love Nikki Reed but anyway um pretty persuasion is another really good one um but um yeah no I I think um you know what's also it, really interesting like at the end yeah, of the movie on. where she's like on the little like carousel or whatever it is like it's kind of like like the ending basically tries to portray that like she had this like really difficult period when she was 13 Mm -hmm. and sure like those experiences and those memories that like that never goes away but still like having lived through that at that young age she can Mm -hmm. grow out of it and she can become a better person and had she not like experienced that sort of like really low low with Evie and everything that happened Mm -hmm. like none of her problems would have been would have come up right and then she would have had to deal with them throughout her whole life so in a way like having that really difficult period yeah exactly it's totally yes and then you can sort of work through it in a 
in a meaningful way rather than just like prolonging it throughout your whole yeah. adult life. Like had she not had that and had she like, you know, become like an honor student in high school, whatever, totally, and gone to college. That's to- yeah. That totally has to be catalysts. I think, I think catalysts are a really important part of life. You know, big fuck ups, I think are a really yeah. important part of kind of, um, I can't think of another word other than catalyst, you know, things that like me- that like, make things kind of explode and it feels horrible in the moment but ultimately it it better it betters the situation and it betters you yeah and 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 back to what I was saying about about Mel um I think you know if you think about what I was saying about like the girl boss CEO if she like it's so much more meaningful. You know, the way she holds Tracy at the end when she finds out she's been cut in and she's been manipulated and she's been on drugs and stuff and the way she holds her and she's a mother, that is so much more meaningful as an experience as a woman than fucking going into an office every day and like getting you cock out and being like, do this, like, and yeah, like it's so much, it's so touching and human and the the total opposite of the robotic kind of um modern feminism kind of um that robotic kind of careerism thing i think yeah. it's just so it's so much more honest it's so much more true to the female experience and i i honestly think as i'm talking and i'm thinking about it i think like these girl boss CEOs are just fake. I just faking it. I think they're just faking. Oh, it. totally, definitely. Because that's not. I mean, it's hard for men too. Like, right? Like that. The whole like mm. genre of like anti corporate movies that came out in like the late nineties. I mean, on one hand, I think it's like totally like pro uh, gig job economy propaganda. But on another yeah. hand, I do think that there's something like deeper about it as well where it's like it's you know like men have trouble with like that kind of lifestyle as well because that lifestyle is very anti-human obviously mm-hmm. but like also and I think you but, know the whole thing about repression of men's emotions and that's become a more popular topic in the past few years I think that's probably linked to that you know because yeah. their kind of life experience is expected to be a lot more robotic than the than a woman's experience you know how women are kind of classified as like histrionic and we're yeah. like kind of we're kind of allowed to have fucking throw glasses at the wall and like and they're kind of not they have to go to work in a suit and it's very yeah. rare yeah but at the same time lately we haven't been allowed to like throw glasses at walls either <laughs> so like well I still do but <laughs> that shit I still will yeah, as you should, honestly, as everyone should. Yeah. No, I think I th- I'm a very strong believer in like just intensity. I think I think that everything so many of my relationships have ended. I've always ended them because they've said this to me that I'm too intense. And I don't fuck with that because I think intensity is the human experience, honestly. Like, yes. I just Definitely. Think, especially for a woman, but I just think in general. No, I think you're right. It is. And I think sort of girlhood and the progression or sort of like the progression from girlhood to womanhood 
is very intense and trying to Mm. deny those emotions and, you know, pretend that it isn't or cover it up, like doesn't do anything. Yeah. It wastes energy that you need to, to go through that. Yeah, exactly. You need to conserve that energy. And I mean, also like if you're denying that it's there, it's still going to come up. It's just going to come up in other ways. And it's going to come up with like, as you said, like, you know, you getting fat at like 23 and buying a house, but it's like not, but like not in a good way because those emotions are still going to be there. Yeah. 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 yeah, Totally. And then you're going to be like 40 and divorced. Yeah. It's only repression. That's all it is. It's not like, it feel it might feel like success on the outside, you know, to have a fucking mortgage, but it's still repression. We're still all girls. As Lana Del Rey once said, this is what makes us girls. 